Happy Sabbath, everyone. You know, Solomon says there's nothing new under the sun. I kind of like that thought when I do a sermon. Um, Our story today is not a new one. But, you know, children love their favorite stories. They like to have them read again and again. And they get to the point where they know the words. They got the whole book memorized, but they still want you to read it. I'm sure you've had that experience, too. Um, And today, I hope we can be like our little ones again and never tire of hearing of the old, old story. Um, This morning, some of you may be super glad that it's Christmas. And others may be leaning a little toward bah humbug. Christmas Day has nothing to do with Jesus. It's a pagan holiday. But any time we can read the scriptures and we can learn from them, it's a good day. And that's what we're going to do today. Hopefully we can draw some new thoughts from the old, old story and see it with fresh eyes. And our scripture verse this morning tells us that Jesus became a human being just like us and dwelt here, dwelt here on earth. And this is how it happened that the word was made flesh, dwelt among us. It began in the little town of Nazareth, nestled among the hills of Galilee, which was home to both Joseph and Mary. And the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin, espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou that art highly favored, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. He shall be great. He shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then Mary said unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month with her, who was called barren. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. And Mary said, Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. You know, from that point on, I know Mary knew her life was going to change greatly. Her life was not going to be an easy one. Whatever plans she might have had for her future just went out the window. But most importantly, She was obedient, she was willing to do whatever the Lord wanted, and thinking about her cousin Elizabeth, things were changing for her too, Mary's cousin.
There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias of the course of Abiah, and his wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord, blameless. And they had no child, because Elizabeth was barren, and they both were now well stricken in years. You know, I like that, well stricken. (laughs) As Zacharias was doing his priestly duties, the angel appeared to him and said unto him, Fear not, Zacharias, for thy prayer is heard, and thy wife Elizabeth shall bear a son, and thou shalt call his name John, and thou shalt have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth. For he shall be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink, and he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost, even from his mother's womb. And many of the children of Israel shall he turn to the Lord their God. And he shall go before him, that is the Lord, in the spirit and power of Elias, to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Fortunately, Mary was able to spend some time with her much older cousin, Elizabeth. I'm sure they talked about how blessed they were for the babies that they were carrying and considered how they should raise them for God's purposes. And I'm sure they spent much happy time together in prayer. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise when as his mother Mary was engaged to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. But while he thought on these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take Mary as thy wife. For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost, and she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife, and knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Well, Joseph was also obedient, just like Mary, to all that God wanted him to do, and he took Mary for his wife. We're going to see obedience is very important. God would need two very important people to take care of Jesus. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, everyone to his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth unto Judea unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. Now, Joseph was obedient again. Now, this time he was obedient to the government decree, 
as that was not against God's will, but they made this untimely trip to pay their taxes. It was a toilsome journey as the people traveled in those times. Mary was very weary as she climbed the hill on which Bethlehem stands. In most of the artwork, we see Mary riding a donkey. Let's go back one. There we go. Uh, Mary riding a donkey. But there's nothing biblical about the donkey one way or another. I looked in my concordance again this morning online, and it says the word donkey is not listed in any of the story. So we don't know if Mary actually rode on a donkey or whether she walked. Anyway, she longed for a comfortable place in which to rest, but the inns were already full. The rich and proud were well cared for, while these humble travelers had to find rest in a rude building where cattle were sheltered. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered, and she brought first forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them at the end. Joseph and Mary possessed little of this earth's riches, but they had the love of God, and that made them rich in contentment and peace. They were children of the heavenly king, who gave them a wonderful honor of being Jesus' parents. Angels had been watching them on their journey, and when night came on and they went to rest, they were not alone. Angels were still with them. There in that lowly shed, Jesus the Savior was born and laid in a manger. In that rude cradle lay the Son of the Highest, the one whose presence had filled the courts of heaven with glory. Before he came to earth, Jesus was commander of the heavenly hosts. The angels veiled their faces before him as he sat on the throne. They cast their crowns at his feet. They sang his triumphs as they beheld his greatness. And he could have remained there at the Father's side, wearing the kingly crown and the royal robe. But for us, he chose to exchange the riches of heaven for the poverty of earth. He left his high command and the angels who loved him to become a servant and suffer and die for us. He left the adoration of the heavenly throng for mockery and abuse by wicked men. He accepted a life of hardship and a death of shame. All this Jesus did to show us how much God loves us. He showed us how we may honor God by obedience to his will. And if we follow his example, we may at last dwell with him in his heavenly home. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said to them, Fear not. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign to you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. 
And it came to pass as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. So they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. So the words started to get out. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen. When the Messiah was born, God did not reveal it to the priests and to the rulers. He sent the glad news to some shepherds out on the hills who kept their flocks around Bethlehem. The shepherds were good men. As they watched their sheep by night, they talked together about the promised Savior. They prayed so earnestly for his coming that God sent bright angel messengers from heaven to teach them. These men knew from scriptures that the Savior would be born in Bethlehem. They just didn't know when. But the angel revealed it to them. And once they knew, they shared it with others. It said they made known abroad. That means away from home, maybe even out of their country. They were missionaries. And when eight days were accomplished for the circumcising of the child, his name was called Jesus, which was so named of the angel before he was conceived in the womb. And they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male that openeth the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. And to offer a sacrifice to that which is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And the same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Ghost was upon him. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came by the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the, Christ, the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law, then he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now let thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles, and the glory of thy people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. And there was one Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher, and she was of great age, and she was a widow of about 84 years, which departed not from the temple, but served God with fastings and prayers night and day. And she coming in that instant gave thanks likewise unto the Lord and spake of him to all that looked for redemption in Jerusalem. You know, Jesus needed to be obedient in everything. So as an infant, his parents made sure that they took Jesus, their firstborn son, to the temple. God gave this ceremony to keep in mind the Passover in Egypt, where every believing family slayed a lamb and put some of the blood on the doorposts of their dwelling places. As a sign for the angel of death to pass over all the homes of the Israelites and save their firstborn sons, the angel destroyed 
only the proud and cruel Egyptians' firstborn sons. And the Passover blood represented the blood of Christ slain as the Lamb of God to save all who believed in him from everlasting death. And in memory, each family dedicated their firstborn son to God, and his name was written on the book at the temple. When Joseph and Mary arrived with Jesus, the priests saw only a helpless little infant of poor parents. Had he been obedient to God's word, the Lord could have taught him who he was holding. But God did have two true servants there, Simeon and Anna. Both had grown old in his service. Simeon had been promised he would not die until he had seen the Savior. And as soon as he saw Jesus, he knew that he was the promised one. And Anna recognized him immediately too. And she spoke of him to all who were looking for redemption and waiting for the Savior's arrival. God chooses humble people to be his witnesses. And usually the great are passed by. And I loved that smile on Simeon's face. I thought it was wonderful. And Mary pondered all these things in her heart. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. God meant for others as well as the Jews to know that Christ had come. And it says in a country far to the east. And I'd always kind of thought Saudi Arabia. When you think of far to the east, I'm thinking Iran, Iraq, somewhere far over there. There were wise men who had studied the prophecies, so they had the scripture. The prophecies concerning the Messiah and who believed that his coming was near. The Jews called these men heathen, but they were not idolaters. They were honest men. They wanted to know the truth and they wanted to do the will of God. God looks on the heart and he knew that these men could be trusted. They were in a better condition to receive light from heaven than were the Jewish priests who were full of selfishness and pride. These wise men had studied the handiwork of God in nature. They'd learned to love God there. They had studied the stars and they knew their movements. They liked to watch the heavenly bodies in their nightly march. If a new star was seen, they would welcome its appearance as a great event. On the night when the angels came to the shepherds of Bethlehem, the wise men had noticed a strange light in the sky. It was the glory which surrounded the angel host. And when that light faded away, they had seen in the heavens what looked like a new star. And at once they thought of the prophecy from the book of Numbers. There shall come a star out of Jacob, and a scepter shall arise out of Israel. They wondered if this star was a sign that the Messiah had come. They determined to follow it and see where it would lead them. It led them to Judea. When they neared Jerusalem, the star grew so dim they could not follow it. Supposing the Jews could at once guide them to the Savior, the wise men went into Jerusalem and asked where to find the Messiah. They were taken to Herod the king. But Herod didn't, didn't want to hear of another king who one day might take his throne. When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. 
And when he had gathered all of the chief priests and the scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet Micah, And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, art not the least among the princes of Judah? For out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had privily called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child, and when you have found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. When they had heard the king, they departed. And lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were coming to the house, now see at this point, it said young child. It did not say baby as we think. And it said when they were coming to the house, so they weren't in a barn, a crude building or whatever anymore. They saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. You know, the wise men brought the most precious things that they had that they could give to the Savior, gold, frankincense and myrrh. It's a beautiful example for us. We give presents to our families and friends, but do we have something for Jesus who has given us every blessing? We need to bring the best we have of our time our money, and our love to Jesus. You know, we can help comfort the poor people. We can teach people about the Savior, and we can help save people for whom Jesus died. And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. The wise men were also obedient to the dream that they were given. One one other thought about the wise men There were three gifts, but the Bible does not say how many wise men there actually were. Maybe there were three. Maybe there were more. Maybe less. It's doubtful that these wise men traveled by themselves. They were wealthy enough to be able to immediately leave and follow the star. And it's a good possibility they had a caravan with bodyguards, cooks, servants, soldiers, along with them for protection. Because men with that kind of money didn't usually go anywhere by themselves back then. Something to think about. But don't worry. One of these days we're going to get to see God's video in heaven. And we'll find out the real story of all of this. And when the wise men were departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother and flee into Egypt. And be thou there until I bring thee word, for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. And he arose, and he took the young child and his mother by night, and departed into Egypt, and was there until the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Out of Egypt have I called my son. Joseph was warned in a dream to flee Egypt. He didn't say, I'm sleepy. He obeyed immediately. He did not wait till morning. He arose at once and with Mary and Jesus started by night on the long journey to Egypt. And uh, I've, I've read that as he was going out of town one way, the soldiers were coming in the other. 
The costly presents given by the wise men provided for their expenses on the journey, their stay in Egypt, and their trip back home. Then Herod, when he saw that he was mocked of the wise men, was exceeding wroth and sent forth and slew all of the children that were in Bethlehem. And I wondered if it was all of them, if it was just the boys, or if it was all boys and girls, in all the coasts thereof from two years old and under, according to the time which he diligently inquired of the wise men. Then was fulfilled that which was spoken by Jeremiah the prophet, saying, In Ramah there was a voice heard, lamentation and weeping, and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children, and would not be comforted, because they are not. Herod had not been honest with the wise men that he wanted to go and worship Jesus. He feared the Savior would grow up to be a king and take his kingdom from him. He wanted to find the child and put him to death. The wise men prepared to return and tell Herod, but the angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to them too, and they also obeyed and went home another way. King Herod was so mad that the wise men had not come back to him. He knew that God, by the prophet, what he had said about Christ's coming, and it's strange that he would fight against God. But he was determined to kill Jesus. And in his anger, of course, we know he sent the soldiers to kill all the children in Bethlehem. What an awful scene of slaying of the innocent children. Herod had done many, many cruel things before. But this wicked life was soon to end. And he died a terrible death. (laughs) But when Herod was dead, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Arise and take the young child and his mother and go into the land of Israel. For they're dead who sought the young child's life. And he arose and took the young child and his mother and came into the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus did reign in Judea in the room of his father Herod, he was afraid to go thither. Notwithstanding being warned of God in a dream, he turned aside into the parts of Galilee, and he came and dwelt in a city called Nazareth, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophets, he shall be called a Nazarene. You know, Joseph had still more dreams, and he was instructed to return to Israel and then to his old home in Nazareth, and he obeyed again. And let's think about all these obedient people who were main characters in this old, old story. Mary had found favor with God and was obedient. I think she was a woman of prayer. Joseph had quite a few dreams and followed the angel's instructions every single time. Zacharias and Elizabeth were both righteous and obedient. The shepherds had earnestly prayed about the coming of the Messiah, and they obeyed the message of the angel and went right away to Bethlehem. They saw Jesus, and they shared this with every, everyone everywhere. The wise men were not Israelites, but they were honest in heart and searching for truth. They also obeyed the dream they were given. Simeon and Anna were both old, just, devout, and waiting for the Messiah. And they also shared with others what they had seen. God uses old folks, and he uses children too. You know, King David was a shepherd boy, and I think some of those shepherds could easily have been young boys. God will use anyone who wants to be used by him. Now, when Jesus came the first time, The priests and rulers and most of the people were expecting a lion messiah. They wanted a mighty conquering king who could make Israel rich and great. They wanted a powerful leader to battle and get rid of the Romans so Israel could rule and they wouldn't be under the thumb of the Roman Empire anymore. 
They were too proud to think of the Messiah as a helpless baby. Jesus Christ came the first time as a lamb. He offered salvation, healing, mercy, compassion, peace of heart, and eternal life to all who would accept him as their Savior, the Lamb of God. Unfortunately, most did not welcome the Lamb. When Jesus comes the second time, many people are going to be looking for the Lamb Messiah. They're expecting a thousand years of peace, a second chance, and salvation for everyone. But the Messiah is not coming the second time as a lamb. He is coming as the lion, the king of kings and lord of lords, to execute judgment. And when he comes, his reward will be with him. The books have already been thoroughly reviewed. The decision-making portion of the judgment has ended. For those who have not already accepted Jesus as their Savior and asked for forgiveness of their sins, it will be too late. They will be destroyed, and there will be no second chance then. It's critically important to know the scriptures, to know Jesus, and to make the right choice, to choose correctly. If you're looking for the wrong Jesus, the lamb instead of the lion, you will miss him. But for those who know him and obey him, love him, and share him, it will be the greatest day ever. So it's important to remember what happened in Bethlehem. Dear Heavenly Father, I just pray that you will be with us through the rest of this Sabbath. We thank you so much of the precious gift of Jesus that you gave to us, and we just ask that you bless us and help us to share this with others. In Jesus' name, amen.